Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hello and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike. Today, I want to share with you my top 10 most anticipated movies of 2023, my favorite time of year where all the movies are in front of us and nothing has disappointed me yet. In the movie review, I'll talk about one of my favorite dramas in the last 10 years, The Whale. And in the trailer park, the Evil Dead franchise has returned. Our first look at the Evil Dead Rise will make all the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and even coming from somebody who loves horror movies like me i watched this trailer and was like oh boy here we go so thank you for being subscribed to the podcast shout out to the monday morning movie crew you guys let's talk movies in a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. It is one of my favorite times of year, the start of the year, and I have about three favorite times of the year when it comes to movies. It is summer blockbuster season. I love me some summer blockbusters. It is Oscar movie season because I like watching all the things that are going to get nominated for Oscars. And then it's the very beginning of the year when you have all this positivity when it comes to new movies coming out. And that is what I wanted to bring to you today, the movies I am anticipating the most this year. And this doesn't mean I think all of these movies are going to be great, but they are the ones that I'm the most curious about, whether it be the actors involved, the franchises we are carrying on, the directors, or just movies. I want to know exactly what they're going to make a movie about because there have been very few details. And I always get asked, what is your favorite movie and my answer now is my favorite movie is the one I'm about to see 
because that is what I'm really all about when it comes to doing this podcast. That's why I continue to do this is because I love talking about movies that are coming out. I love giving people recommendations of things you can go watch in theaters and experience now. Yes, a lot of these on this list happen to be reboots or continuations of franchises, and some people get annoyed by that. Like, why can't you make anything original? And I think when putting together a list like this, yes, a lot of those are going to wind up on that because these are the movies that generate the most interest. They are the movies that make the most at the box office. And being somebody who does a movie podcast and I take notes from you guys on what you want me to talk about a lot of the times, it's all the big blockbusters. And that is really what I grew up loving. It is my initial love of movie reviewing. I love watching all the big movies, but that doesn't mean I don't love independent movies. And I think there are so many great original stories being made and put out right now. Yes, they are harder to get made and harder to get funding and they also just have a harder time getting promoted so when you see big lists like this come out at the beginning of the year those really don't get mentioned a whole lot but later throughout the year you get these little hidden gems and I always try to bring those to you and I did get this comment on Facebook from Barry who wrote this is a brutal lineup of remakes and retreads what happened to the good old days and I kind of think we could be living in the good old days right now I think 2023 has the ability to be one of the greatest years in movies, at least since 2019. We really haven't had that in a while because, of course, 2020, no real new movies. 2021, we started getting them around May, so it was like a half a year kind of wasted there. And I felt like 2022 was kind of a rebuilding year, kind of a Frankenstein year where it was all the delayed things coming out. So it didn't really have that unified feeling in film, but I think 2023 has the ability to do that. So that is why I am the most excited I've been in a very long time. So let's get right into this list. And these are all release dates as of January 9th. So sometimes things get shifted around and hopefully all these stay the same because I can't take any more delays at this point in my life. So at number 10, I'm going with Oppenheimer, which is coming out on July 21st from director Christopher Nolan. It is a biopic and I love Christopher Nolan's work. Recently, I went and watched his very first movie to his most recent movie. And he just is a director that no matter what he is working on, I am going to be interested in. And he is a director that has earned that right with movies like Interstellar, Inception, The Dark Knight franchise, even Dunkirk. I am just a big fan of his vision and his storytelling, even though I do think as of late he has become a little bit more style over substance, especially when it comes to Tenet, which was a very hard movie to follow along with. Visually, it looked amazing, unlike anything I've ever seen before. But I probably still couldn't tell you exactly what that movie was about, even though the look of it was pretty cool. But this movie stars Cillian Murphy, who has been in a lot of Christopher Nolan movies, but he's always a side character. Now he is the main character, and the movie is about the father of the atomic bomb. And it is Christopher Nolan also returning to that World War II era and the cast in this movie looks insane from Cillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Rami Malek, Florence Pugh, Benny Safdie, and the list goes on and on and on. 
And I think what really makes a good director is not only the ability to land all of this talent, but knowing what to do with it. And I think he is one of the best at that. So I'm excited to see Oppenheimer on July 21st. At number nine is a movie called You People, which is coming out on Netflix pretty soon on January 27th. It's a comedy. And I feel like this could possibly be the return to comedies that we need because it features two of the best to ever do it. One from the 80s and 90s with Eddie Murphy and the other from the 2000s with Jonah Hill. So this movie is about Jonah Hill and he is trying to marry Eddie Murphy's daughter. So maybe it's kind of that classic comedy formula that we're familiar with. But while watching the trailer to this movie, it kind of gave me that nostalgic feeling to the 2000s, which Jonah Hill is one of my favorite comedic actors with movies like Superbad, The Babysitter, Accepted. He's been in so many iconic titles when it comes to comedy and as of recently he has stepped a little bit more into dramatic roles he's really stepped into directing which i loved his documentary stuts on netflix so as it seems he has gone more in that direction i'm really excited to see him in a comedy again and I love that the comedy looks a little bit elevated in this movie. It's not so 2000s. It feels like a good modern reinvention of that style of movie. And I feel like it's been a while since I've really laughed at an Eddie Murphy movie. And I've really been waiting for his big return. We got a glimpse of it with Coming to America, the sequel on Amazon. He's going to make another Beverly Hills Cop movie. But I love me some Eddie Murphy. I'm a huge fan of his stand up from back in the day. Loved his time on SNL. He is an icon as well when it comes to comedy so putting these two people together in a movie i am all about it i hope it's funny it also kind of puts that stick in the ground for netflix of getting two big a-list actors in a comedy in january and i think that's another thing about this slate of movies is all of these movies are spread around the year so well that i really love that i don't have to wait until april may june to get some really great movies we have a lot of early stuff coming out in january and that makes me excited so at number nine i'm going with you people at number eight if you asked me maybe three or four years ago this movie would have not made my list but after watching the trailer at the end of last year i'm excited for this one now and it is indiana jones and the dial of destiny coming out on june 30th it's an adventure movie it's harrison ford it's phoebe waller bridge but more importantly it is the end of a franchise the last time harrison ford will ever brand a whip and bear the indiana jones name and i am just a big fan of franchise's ending i like the ending to anything and it's amazing how long this franchise has been spread out the first one came out 42 years ago harrison ford has been playing indiana jones over four decades that is an incredible accomplishment and still at his age now is looking great as a lead in this movie and this will be a big summer blockbuster release this is the type of movie i want to go see in the summer Big nonstop action, a lot of chase scenes, a lot of fun. And since it's the last one in the franchise, you know it's going to hit you on that emotional level. So at number eight, coming out on June 30th, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny makes my list. At number seven, a movie I really have no idea what to expect from, and that's why it's on my list, Barbie, coming out on July 21st. It's a comedy directed by Greta Gerwig, who hasn't let me down yet. I love Lady Bird. I loved Little Women, so I can't wait to see what she does with Barbie. And I had no idea where they were going to take this story. I 
did get that first look in that teaser trailer, and I'm even more curious. And it's supposed to be Margot Robbie as Barbie, leaving the Barbie world and coming into the real world. Ryan Gosling plays Ken, and Will Ferrell plays the bad guy in this movie. So a lot of good talent in this one as well. And I remember back when the Facebook movie came out, Social Network, a lot of people poked fun at that, thinking, man, they're going to make a movie about Facebook, about likes and commenting on people's walls. That sounds stupid. And then the social network came out and it was amazing. So I'm kind of thinking and having the same vibes from Barbie because you have kind of a ridiculous thing to make a serious movie about a child's toy. So in my mind, this movie will either be a masterpiece or an utter disaster. And I can't wait to watch it on July 21st. That is Barbie. At number six, coming out on April 7th, is the new animated movie, the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's a comedy. You have Chris Pratt as Super Mario, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser. So the vocal cast in this movie is pretty stacked. And I really think that one of my favorites, Sonic the Hedgehog, has kind of opened the doors for family-friendly video game adaptations. I think that is kind of where this genre has to go. All of like the serious video game movies haven't really worked. Really the only way you can go to make a more serious video game movie is to make one like Mortal Kombat and that's just a lot of violence so it's just a big action movie. So I think this is the new lane now for video game movies. And if you're going to make a video game movie, make one about the greatest franchise of all time, Super Mario Brothers movie. And I know a lot of people didn't like the 1993 live action movie. But I love that movie. Yes, it wasn't exactly like the video game, which I think is what people expected. But that movie holds a special place in my heart. I still remember watching that VHS time and time again. And I love the look of this movie. It gives me feelings of playing N64. I'm hoping to see them utilize all the Super Mario suits. And I just can't wait to see all that action on the big screen. I did see that the Super Mario Brothers land in California is opening soon. And that is something I'm trying to convince my wife we need to go check out this year too. Just a big Super Mario fan. And even if I'm the only adult in the theater without kids watching this movie, I don't care. I will be there on April 7th. Getting into the top five now at number five is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming out on May 5th from director James Gunn. It's a superhero movie. You have all of the originals back. Chris Pratt, Zoe Zaldana, Dave Bautista, which this will be the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but more importantly, the last time Dave Bautista will ever play Drax. So regardless of where all the other characters go after this movie, he is out after this one, and I've seen him talk about in interviews recently, he's ready to be done with it. He's grateful for his time in Marvel, but he didn't want to be known just as playing Drax, which is a big, dumb character. He felt like he did what he could with that, and now is trying to get into more dramatic roles, which he's going to be in Knock at the Cabin, which almost made my list here, and I respect him for that. So hopefully James Gunn really wraps up this trilogy, and I feel like after this movie, he is leaving Marvel and will go and spend his time completely on DC and trying to fix everything over there. Sadly, no DC movie made my top 10 because I have zero confidence in them right now, but I still have confidence in James Gunn. So I'll put Guardians of the Galaxy at number five. And I did find the holiday special pretty good on Disney+, Plus, but hopefully they held out and put all the good stuff in the movie because I'm ready for it. At number four, I'm going with Killers of the Flower Moon, which is coming out in May, and then it'll go to Apple TV Plus after its theatrical release. I have never seen a Martin Scorsese movie that I didn't enjoy. 
And I think he is due a really big hit because he has been out talking about how he kind of hits the state of film right now. He rips on every single superhero movie that comes out. So I want to see what he does with this book adaptation. And you have Martin Scorsese and you have Leonardo DiCaprio, who are a match made in heaven. And Leonardo DiCaprio does about one movie a year now. All he really does is make great movies and hang out with 23-year-olds on yachts. That is all he does. And as long as he makes the great movies, I don't care what he does. And just looking at his last five movies, Leo is an actor who just doesn't miss. In 2021, he had Don't Look Up. Before that, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Revenant, Wolf of Wall Street, which Martin Scorsese also directed, and The Great Gatsby. So he is so selective on the movies he picks and just looking at the still of his character in this movie, I feel like we're about to get Oscar-worthy Leo on this. So you have one of the best actors of our lifetime, one of the greatest directors of all time, who is do a banger. I cannot wait to see this one. So that one is at number four. At number three, coming out on March 3rd, it is Creed 3. A lot of threes going on in this one, but it is a sports drama starring Michael B. Jordan, also making his directorial debut. And you have Jonathan Majors and Ryan Coogler, who directed the first Creed movie. He is known for directing the Black Panther movies. He's not directing this one, but he did help on the writing, which I feel like Creed 1 was amazing when he directed that. And Creed 2 kind of lacked his vision. It lacked a little bit of his touch on that story. So I am glad to see him back. But I just got done re-watching all of the Creed movies and it really got me excited again. There is just something so special about these movies, even though they're a little bit formulaic and you kind of know what's going to happen. Nothing gets me excited like a Creed movie. And of course, it all goes back to what Sylvester Stallone created with the entire Rocky franchise. And sadly... He will not be a part of Creed 3 at all, which I'm curious to see how that kind of plays out because Rocky is such a big part of 1 and 2. And they had some differences and Sylvester Stallone seems to be pretty salty about the whole situation, which if you're not aware, he has talked about a lot how he sold the rights to Rocky back in the 70s, which he wrote and created the story, but he was really just acting out of necessity and he sold the rights and has still been able to be a part of all the movies, but is missing out on a lot of the paychecks here. So I hate that for him. I hate he was in that position to have something that is cinematic gold and having the only option being to sell the rights to it. That is tough. That is probably a thing that he regrets looking back on it because I just see Sylvester Stallone and immediately think Rocky. But looking at his net worth, he's not hurting so bad. He's done pretty well for himself. And he is going to be in The Expendables 4, which is coming out later this year on September 22nd. Another fun franchise. I'm probably just surprised as you are that they made four of those movies already. But I'm curious to see how Michael B. Jordan will be not only in front of the camera, but now behind the camera. I think Jonathan Majors is on the rise right now, and he looks like a very worthy opponent to Creed in this movie. And I feel like they kind of have to make it different from one and two. So curious to where they take the story. So at number three, I'm going with Creed three. At number two, coming out on December 15th is Wonka. You have Timothy Chalamet playing a young Willy Wonka before he even opens his chocolate factory. 
but the movie will still feature musical numbers, much like the original movie, much like the remake. So that brings up a question that I got from Trish on Facebook, who said, do we need another Wonka? It was perfect with Gene Wilder and interestingly weird with Johnny Depp. To that I say, I do think we need another Wonka. Willy Wonka, the original with Gene Wilder, is one of my favorite movies of all time. At any given time, it's in my top 10 or top 15 because that movie is magical in many ways from the music, from the acting, from the set design. The fact that that movie was made in the 70s and still holds up to today is a feat in itself. But then I found it really hard to get into the Tim Burton version. I didn't love the vision on that one. I get that he makes things kooky and weird, but taking the Willy Wonka story and turning it into that kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth. So do we need another Willy Wonka movie? Yes, we do, because I still I still have that taste in my mouth from the Tim Burton one. And seeing Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka, although it doesn't really compare to Gene Wilder, I feel like it is a much better pick than Johnny Depp. So as long as they don't have any lame musical numbers like Cheer Up Charlie, I think it's going to be great. And at number one, a movie I've been waiting for for a while now, it was supposed to already be out, but it is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse coming out on June 2nd. This movie brings together all of my favorite things, Spider-Man, Marvel, animation, which I feel like sometimes animated movies are always kind of put in a different category. You think because something is animated, it's a cartoon, it's for kids. But I love that Into the Spider-Verse kind of eliminated that thought for a lot of people, which I've been saying for a long time. Animation is just another form of art. And really, when you break it down, it's a lot more of an intricate process having to draw and create every single frame in this movie. The amount of people who have worked on the Spider-Man animated movies is astonishing. And how flawless and effortless they make it look is an amazing thing for just somebody like me who loves all the technical aspects to movies. But it's not only that, it's that the fact that these stories are also really great and powerful and memorable. And it kind of feels like no rules apply to these movies. You can put anything you want. And I feel like this movie opened up the idea of the multiverse and the fact that anything can happen now in a Marvel movie. So I cannot wait to see this one. My most anticipated movie of 2023 comes out on June 2nd, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And there are more movies coming out, especially Marvel movies. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out on February 17th. I just find it a little bit hard to get that excited for an Ant-Man movie. I do feel like this one could be the best in the franchise. I want to see Jonathan Majors as King the Conqueror. So this one is probably in my top 15. You also have the Marvels coming out on July 28th. Like I mentioned earlier, Knock at the Cabin from M. Night Shyamalan is coming out next month on February 3rd. We have an animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, coming out on August 4th. So not a live action one like I probably would prefer, but you do have Seth Rogen behind this one. And as big of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan as he is, I feel like he wants to do justice to the franchise. One I'm curious about, too, is Transformers Rise of the Beasts coming out on June 9th. Transformers movies now can be a little hit or miss, but you do have Pete Davidson and Peter Dinklage in this one. So I will give that one a shot. On the Disney side, we have Elemental coming out on June 16th. Also on June 16th, you have The Flash, which... If that thing ever comes out, I'm just not 
getting that excited for any DC movie this year. Although Blue Beetle coming out on August 18th does have my curiosity, mainly because I know nothing about the character. And sometimes when I know nothing about the characters, I find those the most interesting, except when it comes to Morbius. Craven the Hunter comes out on October 6th. You have The Exorcist coming out on October 13th, which could be a good Halloween time release, even though the original one I feel like shouldn't be touched, but I'll give that one a try. I did see a lot of votes for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which comes out on December 25th. Could quite possibly be the last time we see Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Sad. Somehow they are making another Magic Mike movie. So of all the franchises ending in 2023, that is another one because Magic Mike's Last Dance comes out on February 10th. We have a new Saw movie coming out on October 27th. They're supposed to be Legally Blonde 3, but there are no real details. I don't even know if they've started filming this movie, what the plot is, but it's still apparently supposed to come out sometime this year. Also on the DC side, you have Shazam! Fury of the Gods coming out on March 17th. First one is actually pretty good. Of course, would it be a big year in movies without another Fast and the Furious movie? No, it wouldn't be because Fast X comes out on May 19th. The Little Mermaid comes out on May 27th. I just haven't loved any of the live action remakes. I kind of feel like they're a cash grab. But if there's one movie that could benefit from a live action remake, I'll give the benefit of the doubt to Little Mermaid because that's such a great movie. I love the cast in this reboot. So I will give that one a shot. On the action side, you have John Wick Chapter 4 coming out on March 24th. Again, so many great movies coming out at different times of the year. I feel like we'll always have something good to look forward to no matter what month we're in. Next month, we get the ridiculous comedy Cocaine Bear, which is based on a true story. Ray Liotta's last movie looks like, so I want to go see that one. It's from director Elizabeth Banks. That movie looks like a lot of fun. You also have Scream 6 coming out on March 10th. I told you guys that the reboot in this series kind of let me down, so I'm not getting too excited about that one yet. On March 31st, Dungeons & Dragons comes out. I feel like this movie is going to be hit or miss. It could either do really well in its opening weekend or completely flop and lose a lot of money. Just because there are no real standouts in the cast to me, the movie looks very expensive, and I often feel like all those things together are the recipe for a flop. You also have Dune Part 2 coming out on November 3rd. And finally, the last one I will mention is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 coming out on July 14th. Tom Cruise really bringing it with the summer blockbusters. I usually don't get too excited about his movies, but this trailer looks pretty good. And as much crap as I give him, I think Tom Cruise knows action. He knows big stunts and all the ridiculous measures he goes to get these things on film. I have a little bit of respect, just a little bit of respect for him. So I will be checking out this one on July 14th. So that is the list. I think it'll be a good, no, 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 a great year in movies, and I can't wait to review them all for you. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs 
programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Let's get into my spoiler-free movie review of the week. I want to talk about one of the best dramas I've seen in the last 10 years, The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser, where he plays an English teacher who is now completely confined to the walls of his apartment. He lost a loved one and as a result has entered into a depression where he is now eating to escape, to cope with his feelings, and he is in the process of eating himself to death. And in his lowest moment, he is trying to reconnect with his daughter in the movie played by Sadie Sink, who you would know from Stranger Things, and just show her how special she is to him and have one real-life moment before he may or may not pass away due to his obesity. So this movie hit me on... A lot of emotional levels that I will get into, but before I get into my full review of The Whale, here is just a little bit of the trailer. Where'd you gain all that weight? Someone close to me passed away, and it had an effect on me. You haven't seen her since she was eight years old, and you're going to reconnect with her? Sorry. I don't like this. This isn't a good idea. I'm sorry. You say you're sorry one more time, I will shove a knife right into you, I swear to God. Go ahead. What's it going to do? My internal organs are two feet in at least. <laughs> so Brendan Fraser as Charlie does an amazing job and I have never fallen in love with the character as fast that I did with Charlie right away you learn about his story how he is living in his apartment for the most part spends the entirety of his day on the couch has everything delivered to him he is an English teacher so he teaches online and keeps his camera off the entire time so his students have no idea what he looks like because he is ashamed of himself and 
he doesn't eat to nourish his body in any way. He really only eats to escape. And there are several moments in this movie where you witness his binge eating. And it's the only time he feels like he has some kind of control over things. And even though he is on the brink of death, he can't stop it. And it really shows you how obesity and struggling with overeating, it's not just a thing of like, oh, you just eat a lot. It's honestly in this movie shown for the first time I've ever seen and described as a mental illness. And that resonated with me a lot because I am somebody who has struggled with my weight for the majority of my life. I have been overweight. And in the last eight years, I have made a decision to get healthy, but I had my rock bottom moments. And there were several things in this movie that I really identified with because I had never seen them portrayed in a movie. I really love the way they handled that. Coming from somebody who has dealt with some of these things, I felt they handled it perfectly. They handled the character of Charlie so well because they never poke fun at him. And I think you could think of a movie called The Whale, which is also a metaphor for something else discussed in the movie that I don't want to ruin for you. But you could easily make a movie like this and think, ha ha ha, I am laughing at that guy because he's overeating. In no way do you feel that. So I'm glad that it was taken seriously and handled really well. Myself personally, the, the things I identified in this movie is in those moments where he is binge eating. I think at a point in my life, I had a really unhealthy relationship with food to the point where I think I was addicted to eating bad food for me. And I think it's because I felt like it was the only thing that I could control. I was a very shy and quiet kid and didn't have a whole lot of friends as a result of that. And I would always kind of find comfort in eating. And I think I hit my lowest point probably in from the stretch of 2011 to like 2013 is when I decided to get healthy. And I would do something called bottoming out. And all my life I'd been overweight. So I'd always tried to lose weight and I failed time and time again. So I would have weekends where I would try to go eat at as many fast food restaurants in my short little radius around my apartment. I'd get burgers, I'd get pizza. I knew I was at my really low point when I was going to Lawn John Silver's and even they were looking at me like, really dude, like you're gonna eat here. The thing about food and eating like this is you have that sense of like, oh, I can control this. You have this sense of anticipating the food you're going to get and thinking it's going to be great. But for me, I would get it, I would eat it. And then I would immediately feel awful about myself, not only physically because of all the grease and sugar I just ate, but also just feeling like, oh man, like this is the low point I'm at. And I was, you know, at a point where I needed to lose weight because I weighed myself. And then I looked at it, you know, just to see how I was compared to what I should be for my height. I'm like five seven, five eight. I was pushing 300 pounds. And I think it was seeing on a scale... And for my body size, that being obese, that was kind of a wake up call to me. And the thing about this cycle, what I call bottoming out is I think, all right, I'm going to eat terribly, get it all out of my system. And then the next day I'm going to start. But then that next day, it's almost like you need to feel and feel that addiction again, because it just kind of keeps coming. And really, that's the only thing that made me feel good. So I would try to eat better. I would try to exercise and it didn't work. I would go back and start doing all my old habits again. 
So it was a vicious cycle until one day, again, that period of my life where I was at my heaviest, was at my lowest. Like there are no pictures of me from 2011 to like early 2013 because I didn't like being in front of the camera at all. So that was my low point. And now 2023, I have lost over 100 pounds and kept that off for eight plus years now. But I still always have that feeling of like, man, knowing how my personality works and knowing that I have that feeling too, like Charlie has in the movie, that I could go back to that. So I have made a lot of changes in my life that I feel I still need to fine tune. But I know it's something that maybe even you listening right now struggle with. And know that it's also a mental thing too, more than, oh, you just love food and you should control that. No, it's not it at all. So if you've ever felt that, if you're dealing with that now, I completely sympathize with you and just know that I am rooting for you too. And I am somebody who, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could lose the weight. I didn't think I could get healthy. And I wanted that so bad for Charlie in this movie too. So I just completely loved his story. I love that the entire movie took place in one location, all in his apartment. And the movie is based on a play. So I think a lot of that has to do with it. It kind of has that same feeling of a play of all the characters kind of come in and out. And I think for that reason, it helps keep the story moving along really well. At times, this movie even kind of feels like a fairy tale. These very elaborate things kind of happen. And I think that's really important for a pretty straight ahead drama like this. And not only does Brendan Fraser give the performance of his career, I think he deserves best actor. I think the movie deserves best picture, but also the supporting cast is really great. And I got to give it to Sadie Sink, who delivers such a vicious performance, such a mature performance for somebody of her age. And at no point did I really think of her as the girl from Stranger Things with Kate Bush in her headphones. She really kind of for me, established herself as a really great young actress who I think has a lot of potential to do a really great job of continuing on in dramas post Stranger Things and post The Whale. And I think at some point in this movie, I just felt something crack in my brain, something crack in my heart made of concrete to where I really felt like this movie hit me in all the feels. And Probably the closest I've been to crying in a movie in a very long time. And I think that's because I saw a little bit of myself and Charlie. I know a lot of people who go through this and are unable to explain their situation to other people who don't really get it. If you've never been overweight, you don't really know what it's like. So I love that this story is out there. So in one word, I just think that this movie is beautiful. So if you're looking for a movie to make you feel take you on an emotional roller coaster and experience one of the greatest dramatic characters that you will root for throughout the entire movie. Look no further than The Whale. I give it 4.5 out of 5 Charlies. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. 
before most people are even out of bed. I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. When you talk about the best horror franchises of all time, I feel like the Evil Dead always gets left out of that conversation, and these movies are so good. Yes, they're a little bit campy. Yes, they can be a little bit cheesy, but the Evil Dead movies... Like, it's hard to make a movie to make you feel scared, but it's even harder to make a movie that has this sinister feeling, something that just creates this different level of just like, oh, jump scares. No, like, the Evil Dead movies are actually really scary movies that'll give you nightmares. So the last one came out in 2013. Ten years later now, we are getting Evil Dead Rise. The movie is about two sisters who find themselves in a fight for their life when that ancient book comes back and you have these bloodthirsty demons running amok in a Los Angeles apartment building. This trailer looks utterly terrifying and if you are easily scared i would say maybe fast forward the next 30 seconds because i want to play this trailer because i want that feeling again so i'll get into what i think about evil dead rise and here is just a little bit of the scary trailer open up now you don't look so good mom nothing a big old kiss from you won't fix So sometimes my biggest concern and comment on horror movie trailers are that they probably show all of the scary parts in the trailer, therefore ruining the movie experience for me. But I don't think that'll be the case with Evil Dead Rise because I feel like this is just a a taste 
of the horror visuals that are going to come out of this movie and this franchise in general is known for some pretty jarring and absurd and sinister visuals when it comes to horror. And as many horror movies that I've watched in my life and feeling like I'm pretty desensitized to feeling scared in movies, I got chills while watching this trailer. And there is just something about stories that revolve around demons that I don't care how strong you feel and your ability to not be scared. But after watching a movie like this, you will think a little bit before you go to sleep and remember some of these visuals when it comes to the stabbing, when it comes to the demons with the creepy look on their face, when it comes to them eating glass and, you know, just stabbing people. There is just something so different about these movies that I feel like just the style alone really sets themselves apart from any other horror movie. And Maybe it's because I was so scared by the 2013 Evil Dead movie that I've kind of blacked it out of my memory, but that was a truly, genuinely scary movie theater going experience for me, and I want that feeling again. I need that feeling again. I'm always just looking for a movie that can either make me feel or make me scared or make me excited. All of those levels of emotion are what I look for when going to see a movie in theaters, and I feel like the Evil Dead movies don't really use all those common horror movie tropes you don't really get a whole lot of jump scares it just seems like some really great horror filmmaking and it all goes back to the original movies which came out in the 80s both one and two are classics bruce campbell is a gem sam raimi and him together are a great duo which sam raimi did all of the spider-man movies in the 2000s he just did the doctor strange into the multiverse of madness which did have a Bruce Campbell cameo, so it looks like he is still looking out for him. And Sam Raimi knows horror. He's not a part of this one, but I still feel like it is made with keeping his legacy alive. And the other thing I loved about the 2013 version is it had a strong female lead. And oftentimes, you don't really see that in a horror movie. And in addition to that, it looks like it's stepping up the horror elements even more in this movie. And it also looks that since this movie is coming out 10 years after that one, they're going to step it up in every way. So again, that is Evil Dead Rise coming out on April 21st. Get ready. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that is going to do it for another episode of the podcast. But before I go, I got to give my listener shout out of the week. This week, I am going over to Twitter. I got a tweet from Holly Ann who said, need to know what Mike Distro thought of the menu movie. And I realized in that tweet that I didn't include the menu or also the Fablemans in my best of 2022 episode. Sometimes when those movies come out at the end of the year, I have trouble labeling them as some of my favorites and I feel like that should have at least made my honorable mentions and I really enjoyed the menu it was one of my favorite thrillers last year mainly because it was so unexpected I didn't know a whole lot about the story going into it and it surprised me and it's available now to watch if you missed it in theaters it's on HBO Max so if you're into thrillers with a little splash of horror I think you should check that one out on HBO Max so yes I did enjoy that one and if ever you miss an individual movie review and you don't have time to go back in the feed and find it I do have a YouTube channel youtube.com slash and all the videos I put up there are just the individual movie reviews themselves. So spoiler-free movie reviews if you want to subscribe to that channel. And if you want a listener shout-out, 
All you have to do is tweet me, send me a DM on Instagram, comment on my Facebook page, or even tag me in your Instagram story. I'll repost you and I'll shout you out in the following episode. So thank you for listening. Thanks everybody who shared with me what movies you are the most excited about. I took all of those and kind of made my other list of movies I need to make sure to watch so I can give you guys those reviews. So hope you have a great rest of your week. And until next time, go out and watch good movies and I will talk to you later. No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T.com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.